0: Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. Are you hanging out in a really comfortable place? For me, sometimes I describe it as the fuzzy bunny slippers and the robe, or are you getting out of your comfort zone? For so many of us, the last year has been this place of just unknown and uncertainty, and it's probably uncomfortable for a lot of us, but at the same time, what lessons can we learn from what we're going through to take forward in our careers, to take forward in our success, to get out of our comfort zone every now and then, and not just do what we've always done. And that's the topic that we're gonna talk about today. So I have Diana Purcell with me, and she has the best um, title ever, Mom, Recovering CFO, Aspiring board member and continuous learner. I love that you have the most creative, for sure, <laughs> title. Thank you. Um, so, I'd love to just start with you telling your journey. Right? How have you gotten to this point in your success? Kind of, what did that journey look like?
1: Yeah. So, well, I'll probably start out. I'm very transparent. I'll start out and tell you. First of all, I'm 54 years old. Mm-hmm right? So there's... You're um, young. (laughs) 54 (laughs) years young. Um, It is, you know, I feel like I'm starting, um, you know, another venture of my life right now. But I bring that out there because I think it's um, a point to, for the listeners to understand that you're never too old to reinvent yourself. I love that. And um, I think that's an important thing, you know, Uh, generations before us, you know, picked something and stuck with it their entire career. And um, we change as individuals, and I think that we have to open ourselves up to be open up to new opportunities and new possibilities, and we don't often do so. Um, My journey is that I grew up in Minneapolis. I went to Robbinsdale Armstrong High School, uh, went away for college. That was probably, you know, one of the things you and I talked about at length was getting out of your comfort zone. And um, my teams throughout my entire career have heard me say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of people are. Um, But I think that's where growth happens, is when you're willing to push yourself out of that uh, comfort zone. And my first push out of that comfort zone was when um, my parents told myself and my two brothers, we could go anywhere in the country. You know, We had four years of college. And I wanted to go as far away as possible. So Mm -hmm. this little Midwestern girl, pretty naive, Decided to go to Tulane University, in New Orleans. I was the I think I was one of three that had ever gone to school there It's (laughs) become much more popular now, but at the time it really wasn't Um, And you know, I didn't know anybody and I just thought you know What a great opportunity to go as far as possible You know I could think of in the continental United States and, and do something new and meet something new um, and meet some new people. Um, so that was the first thing you know, that I had done. Um, I was a little bit more practical in choosing my career. Um, I do have a very creative side, uh, but I was a little nervous that that wasn't going to put food on my table. Mm-hmm. And so I um, ended up uh, in an accounting program in the business school, because frankly, that's who was getting jobs at the time ended up getting a job in houston um and then transferring back up here with my husband who's uh, from miami beach um that's usually you know kind
0: of like minnesota
1: well right that's (laughs) it's usually a a funny point in the conversation when somebody says wait a second how how did you get somebody from miami up to minneapolis and And to stay here exactly and to stay here (laughs) And my answer is always, I brought him up on that fabulous fall day, yep. and before he knew it, he was, you know, under two feet of snow, mm-hmm. and it was too late for him to to <laughs> back out. Um, but we had uh, we married right out of college, um, so we're coming up um, thirty two years of marriage. Oh, congrats! And um, we had three kids um, pretty quickly. At one point, I had three kids under the age of four, and trying to build a career, which yeah. frankly was pretty challenging. Yeah, um, I was focused on. You know trying to make a difference um, in my career in my family's lives and really was looking to stand out and that probably comes to the second point as you talk about you know getting out of your comfort zone um, at the time I was working for Dayton Hudson Corporation and had a number of people in our department that had the same resume as me, me mm-hmm. looked the same as me really talented smart Uh, people. And I thought, well, how do I differentiate myself in the, you know, among Mm -hmm. this um, group of people? And I started, um, you know, frankly, volunteering for the projects nobody else wanted to. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody said, well, you know, we need somebody to help, you know, write the annual report. Everybody else took a step backwards. And I actually took a step forward. And I thought, Mm -hmm you know, this is going to put me in the room with people that I have no right to be in the room with. You know, this might not
0: be the most exciting work you've ever done, but you saw everything else that was there.
1: I saw the potential and I I saw the ability to really grow my skill set. And frankly, I was in the room with people that I had no business being in the room (laughs) with, you know, six months, I mean, six years out of school. But it really gave me a foundation, and frankly, it gave me the confidence to try more of that throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And that led me to subsequent um, you know, roles there on out. Um, probably the greatest, um, I would say, story, and it's a personal story um, that I touched on with you, uh, getting out of my comfort zone really was when I went to an organization. It's no longer in existence. Um, but it was a catalog retailer, and um, I came in um, within a couple of weeks of, or prior to my joining, With um, the uh, chief financial officer had left the organization. Uh, within a couple of months, my boss, the vice president of finance, was let go. So here I was a couple of months in, and I was the highest level person in a finance organization. Um, and I was working 80 hours a week mm-hmm. um, with three kids under the age of four and you know on one hand, you know loving life because I was getting a lot of kudos, a lot of recognition. Um, the flip side of it is is that my family life was significantly suffering mm-hmm. you know um, My husband's always been a staunch supporter of mine and um, you know effectively during that time frame he was raising these three kids by himself. And the story that I want to share with the listeners, Um, Because really, I think, you know, sometimes we as women, uh, as professional women, um, think we have to do it all. And we end up making choices that, you know, frankly, um, aren't fair. Mm -hmm. That, you know, unfortunately, men don't often have to make those choices. So I uh, ended up leaving work er early. (laughs) you would say, I knew I had to come back to work and I had to get a board book out, so I was going to be there till 2 in the morning. But I ended up leaving work because my um, oldest son, who was 5 at the time, was having a kindergarten conference. So met my husband, and I, of course I'm super irritated that I have to drive all the way from Brooklyn mm-hmm. Park to Plymouth for this conference, mm-hmm. and what are they going to tell you about a 5-year-old, right? Yeah. So we sit down with the teacher. It was our first opportunity to meet with her, and she had a book in front of her. And apparently each of the kids were given this exercise of putting together this, it was called a book about me. And they were all given the same template that they customized. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: one page. I remember it. I totally remember my kids going through this. So, you
1: know, I might, the one page might've said, you know, um, I like it when blank, you know, fill it in. My Mm -hmm. father takes me fishing. Um, so, you know, it was my family and he's got all our names there. And, you know, he, he, he was and still is a terrible artist, but with his little <laughs> stick, stick figure drawings, um, you know, he drew the family, and where I'm supposed to be in this drawing is a blank. So he's got my husband, he's got the other two kids, he's, he even had our dog at the time, and, um, and our cats, and I'm not there. And I look at the teacher, now this is our first time meeting her, and um, I look at the teacher and I say, why am I not in this picture? Um, so the first thing she says is, um, you know, calm down.
0: <laughs> because I yes, was a crazy like, crazy mom. Like I would be oh yeah. Right?
1: And she said, I did ask him that question because I thought there might be a plausible reason. You could be divorced. You it was Jefferson, yep. yep. you could yep. be deceased. And she said, you know, as he was coloring, as she asked him this question in his, you know, five year old voice, he said mommy was working and couldn't make it for the photo. And I have never had anything hit me like a ton of bricks before in my entire life.
0: And every mom listening, even dads listening right now, are having that same, like, gut-wrenching, like, I still,
1: this are, is, my kids
0: might have felt that way at some right?
1: point. He's 28 years old. And, you know, <laughs> 23 years later, it still chokes me up to think about this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I cried all the way back to work. Mm-hmm. Woke my husband, came home at 2 in the morning, woke my husband up, and... Um, You know, I said, I just did the stupidest thing, you know, because I'm the primary breadwinner in the family. And he said, what'd you do? And I said, I left my resignation note on the desk of the CEO. And, um, you know, I was, I, I of course, came in the next morning, you know, um, to a firestorm because I, Mm -hmm. you know, was leaving him in a lurch. And I was smart enough, you know, to get them through their audit committee and everything like that. But I also, you know, realized that this was not the reason I had kids. This is not the life I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, they had offered me, you know, an opportunity to become the CFO, and so I thought, here I am, ten years out of school, and I'm offered the opportunity to be the CFO of a public company.
0: And some people work their whole careers and don't get.
1: So you've a- got that guilt, absolutely. Yep. And I thought, you know, I was angry that I was, you know, in this position to make a choice. But I knew that I had to make the choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I got them through what they needed to do. And then I said, what do I do now? You know, who am Mm -hmm. I? What do I do now? And um, so it's funny, I threw myself into, you know, mommy of the year. I became, you know, the you know, secret book reader on, you know,
0: Tuesdays, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you Lord. know,
1: so all of a sudden I threw myself in the other direction. The interesting thing is, is when I share that story, and I've shared that so many times, because I think leaders um, sometimes forget that they need to have some degree of humility, mm-hmm. and for, there is nothing a child that makes that you. you more yeah. humble than yeah. a five-year-old child telling you mm-hmm. in, you know, that type of format that they need their mom. He doesn't care that I'm the CFO. He doesn't care I have a board book. He wanted his mom. And that was the only way that he could express that. And, you know, it's interesting. um, When I tell that story, the first reaction I get is, is, what did he say? And it's so funny. Out of the mouths of babes, I'll never forget. He, for a long period of time, he was really angry with me. And one day I sat down with him and I said, Brandon, why are you so mad at me? I thought this is what you wanted, right? I'm home all the time. I'm mm-hmm. at school. And and he looked at me and he said, you always taught us not to quit. And that's exactly what you did. And I thought to myself, oh, well, you can't win for losing, yep. right? Yep. But I thought, you know, I said, someday... You know you're gonna understand this and why I did this for our family and he and Mm -hmm. I have a phenomenal relationship and we talk every day so um, I still have that book in my basement and I tell my husband I still have that book and you know his response is right he says well a thank goodness you know he was five and not 15 and you Mm -hmm. were willing to listen because that's the other thing you know regardless of the age that gets communicated to you those messages in life I think you have to be willing to listen to them and don't dismiss them and just think that, you know, oh, I'll take care of that tomorrow or I'm going to do that tomorrow. And I think that's been a blessing as part of COVID is that people right now are almost given permission, right, to make these decisions. It's being, you know, it's being forced upon them, you know, to, you know, take a breath and actually, you know, reevaluate, reevaluate what do you want out of life?
0: for sure. Um. And some of that's uncomfortable, right? As they're thinking about it. And so I want to get to that and kind of where you're at today. But before we jump into that, what's a superpower that you think has gotten you to this point in your success?
1: Um, I truly think that one of my superpowers is the ability to cut through the clutter. I think it has helped me, and I kind of use that—it's you know, kind of mm-hmm. in quotes—but it's the ability, it's the ability to see how to get from A to Z in the mm-hmm. shortest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's allowed me to be strategic in my role. Um, my husband will tell you that I'm an amazing problem solver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably sometimes too quick <laughs> is is the downside of that. But I've always said that you know, unless it's a life and death decision, there's no decision that you can't reevaluate and make a quick decision to pivot on, yep. if you make a wrong decision. I think yep. the key is, is having the self-awareness and the humility and to make. acknowledge that yep. you've made a bad decision, yeah. right? And often people don't do that, they stick with it. And again, you know, that's all about being uncomfortable. It's about showing vulnerability, you know, showing vulnerability.
0: Yeah. And it's about, you know, one thing when you were describing kind of that early, you know, high school and college. And, you know, we were talking about the rules. So many of us get stuck in I, in the accounting, and then, well, the CFO, like, I need to just, this is the rules. Like, this is what I do. You just do this this next thing. Right. And I got stuck in that in corporate as well. It's like, well, this is what's stamped on your forehead. Mm -hmm. This is what we need you to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Out of the bounds. Like, we just need you to do this really well. And I was good at that, but I was also curious and I was a learner and I was right. And it, it just kind of stifle, almost stifled me to Mm -hmm. a point of like, I can't do what I want to do. So, I love your idea of this comfort zone and we talk about plateaus throughout your life, right? Mm-hmm. This the thing of a midlife crisis, I don't think it exists. I think you have in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s oh, you have constantly these, having crises. Right, but you have these plateaus <laughs> yes. of like I'm not satisfied anymore and I need to get uncomfortable yeah. to get back to that, you know, to learn something new, and then I'll get comfortable again, and I'll need to get uncomfortable. It's this constant thing throughout our lives. And so you've told a lot of stories, but will you talk about where you're at right now? Because I think this part of your journey and getting really uncomfortable is really intriguing.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, I was um, you know so to, to back up to kind of catch you up on my career so I have 30 years of progressive finance experience with um, some really wonderful companies uh, based in the Twin Cities and also a company in Chicago 20 years as a um, 20 years of that is a chief financial officer mostly in public companies um, so I'm very blessed to have had the career that I have uh, Last year um, I was part of a reduction in force for a public company in town uh, that eliminated a large number of positions and flattened the organization and eliminated um, every C-level position in the company. So every Mm -hmm. executive, all 11 of us were gone in one day. Um, And for a lot of people, that would be terrifying. Mm -hmm. I'm at the point in my life where, you know, all three of my kids are where they're supposed to be, my husband and I are are, you know, empty nesters, and I thought I'm going to use this as an opportunity to think about what do I want to do? Not what I have to do. What do I want to do? Which is a scary thought because, you know, we all have needs and we all have yep. requirements, but how many of us actually, you know, can step back and say what do I want to do? And and can it work with the life I'm at right now?
0: And can I change my mind after my 20s? Half of us, or my 30s, that's, half of us don't think we can.
1: Well, absolutely. That's the rules. And, you know, I was, you know, 30 years plus into a career and um, having, you know, to challenge myself to have this question. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always had, it's funny, you know, when we sat down, you said, you know, um, or I think one of the questions was, what's your title, right? We get so used to titles, right? And I almost envision it as when you walk into, you know, a networking event and they give you this sticker Mm -hmm. right and i've always had a title right it was Mm -hmm. you know chief financial officer you know something of a professional Mm -hmm. and i envision you know having this hello my name is what what is my title and how Mm -hmm. do i reinvent myself because my title is more than just my professional career Right. right and um so i um really thought about this I, I actually went away for a couple of days and i kept asking myself what do you want what do you want and there were two things that actually um kept you know coming up um you know, in my mind. And one of them, you know, I've always been asked throughout my career, you know, what do you want to do at some point in time? And always, it was always towards the end of my career and not necessarily full time, but I get very energized being around kids and college campuses and education. And, you know, I talked about, mm-hmm. I, I'm a really strong believer in continuous learning and growing. Mm-hmm. And um, I've often said, well, I'd love to teach. Didn't know what I want to teach. Maybe I go back and, you know, pull dust off my accounting books. Um, but I knew I wanted to teach. And all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off and says, Diana, you are 53 years old. You need an advanced degree to teach. And somewhere along the way, you sort of forgot to get that. (laughs) I mean, it just all of a sudden occurred Mm -hmm. to me. And so I um, really strongly evaluated this. I said, gosh, at my age, can I go back and enroll in an MBA program? And um, I was on the fence, um, and if you know my dad, my father's a retired physician, and he's always, um, you know, been somebody I've looked up to. And as I talked to him about this, you know, idea that I had, one of the things he said to me um, that frankly pushed me deep into enrolling. I think I enrolled the next day. Was he um, made mention to me that at my age it's more difficult to learn? Well, all you have to do is tell me I can't do something. <laughs> And it just kind don't, of propels me forward. I was like, okay, that's the impetus I needed to just move Is your brain slowly dying after know. 50? Like, I'm a little concerned now. I, just, like, what? I don't know. Maybe it's a little more difficult. I will tell you it is difficult to go back to school only because...
0: Um, it's a totally different is, schedule and using, habits. And, and you're using like, your
1: brain in a completely different yeah, way, right? Yeah. Um, but... I, so I enrolled. I am um, getting my executive MBA in the University of St. Thomas. Um, it is an executive MBA, so I'm with you know, a cohort. Um, while I'm the, the oldest and I have the most experience, you have to have a requisite amount of experience to enroll in the program. Um, and it's doing everything I wanted it to do. Now, this was pre-COVID, and mm-hmm. thank goodness I have this because it's keeping me busy and engaged and frankly, current. And, um, you know, I often I, I get two reactions. Um, you know, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, a lot of women my age are have um, called me their inspiration. Mm-hmm. That there are a lot of women, frankly, that have wanted to get advanced degrees and they were raising kids and building their career, and mm-hmm. you know, frankly, never took the time to do it, and now are are now considering it. So mm-hmm. you know, I kind of look at that as you know um, a wonderful thing if I've been able to aspire somebody to you know, go back and look at, um, you know, how they may further themselves through education. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reaction I get is, well, Diana, with all your years of experience, couldn't you, couldn't you teach the classes? I mean, don't you really know all of that? And my answer is no. Um, first of all, my answer is, is who in their right mind would spend that kind of money to go to school if they thought they knew everything? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you know, our time is worth more than that. But I will tell you, it's it is invigorating to go back to school with a love of learning to learn Um, But you have to be open to learning. Mm -hmm. So I had to really shed all of my biases of, frankly, you know, some of the things that I thought I knew in the past because, A, things have changed, the environment has changed, education has changed, learning styles have changed, and the ability to learn from other members, you know, in a classroom who come from different industries, have different perspectives, have had different mentors than me, has been really, really rewarding. Um, I will tell you it is incredibly hard I just uh, actually before I came over here I just submitted um, a final paper for um, operations class that I had and you know honestly I I have worked with operations I Mm -hmm. you know have done a lot in operations I have never had formal education in operations and Mm -hmm. so that in and of itself um, was really um, you know invigorating so
0: yeah it's just it's such an important message and whether it's going back and getting an MBA or it's choosing to just learn something that you don't know mm-hmm. I mean it could be a new hobby we get so stuck in our ways and the stuck in the societal ways of like this is what I'm supposed to do and for sure as women and I think men have this as well is like well I'm already this far in my financial right. career like I could never make a shift right and I hope this time right now of self-reflection is causing people to look at that differently because you're right around so much has changed in the business environment. And I mean, you're seeing the Gen Z's look at college even differently because they're saying, by the time I get out, if I have a marketing degree, marketing has already changed from what I took three years ago, right? Like I'm going to have to constantly be learning technology, marketing, insert, you know, whatever it is, yeah. product innovation. It's, it's changing at such a rapid pace that if we think we're going to check the box, get a degree and get experience and we have what we need, it's it, you're going to be left behind.
1: No, I absolutely agree, and I don't think we can rely on companies to provide that development for us. We have to take it upon ourselves. Correct. You know, we have to be our own advocates and seek that development, and, and frankly, tell people that it's that it is important to you know, to develop ourselves as individuals. And, mm-hmm. you know, with regard to COVID, um, you know, I happen to be a strong believer that during this time, particularly people who have been furloughed mm-hmm. or people who have been let go, uh, you know, prospective employers. And recruiters are going to ask you what What did you you do with your time. Totally. So you have to have a story and I don't mean something contrived. Mm -hmm. Use it as an opportunity to create a story. Mm -hmm. You know to be able to say you know during this time this is what I you know what I did with it and you know yes it's obviously okay to be looking for a job. I mean that's you know but you know to your point you brought up the you know topic of hobbies. You know how many women who are raising kids and you know, are trying to build a career. How many women have time, you know, to identify a hobby or, you know, actually throw themselves into a hobby? Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, but to be able to find something that is rewarding that you can do for yourself. I always tell people, I mean, my my decision to go back to school, this is for me. This is not something at this point in my life it's gonna do really much for my career other than potentially set me up to, you know, you know, mm-hmm. teach part-time if I choose to do so,
0: but it gives me options, and I'm all about options. And it gives you satisfaction and growth and perspective shifting and all of those other things that you want, An accomplishment.
1: Right? And accomplishment yeah. and, you know, something that you can aim for that you feel, you know, really good about accomplishing. I know that, um, you know, the pride that I felt when watching my oldest son You know walk across the stage and getting his mba and my other my daughter and my son getting their master's degrees um you know i'm going to feel the same degree of pride and i know they will as well seeing their mom you know actually get her degree in may and you know i'm teaching them that you're never too old to you know go after you
0: know a dream absolutely absolutely so what tips or what would you say to someone that's listening that's kind of where you were at right and and going back and forth and saying what do i really want to do what what tips what would you tell them if they were sitting in front of you
1: i would say um take a take a leap of faith Mm -hmm. trust trust yourself trust your Mm gut you know take a take a step take a step forward you know explore um do something you know that um you know just gets you out of your comfort zone It it was interesting. I was at uh, Caribou the other day, which I happen to be a Caribou fan. And, um, you know, on the chalkboard, somebody had written, you know, challenge yourself to do one thing uncomfortable every day, Mm -hmm. you know, and each of us can do that, even if it's as simple. I mean, honestly, you know, 30 years ago, my definition of getting out of my comfort zone probably would have been going to a restaurant eating by myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Now I have no problem with that. But you know, whatever that level of discomfort is to each of us, and we each have our own independent, you know, personal definition, mm-hmm. do something that just pushes you a little that you can be proud of. Yeah. And the other thing that I would say that I think has helped me as well is um I'm a big believer in journaling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um you know, I, I don't do it every day um, because I don't want it to become, you know, sort of a diary. You know, mm-hmm. last night I had grilled cheese. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I want it to be meaningful when I look yeah. back on it. So, I you know, I, I journal when I feel that I, you know, have enough things to, to share with my journal um, that I journal with it. But what I've started doing is um, keeping track of things that I am proud of. And it could be simple things, but I try to write down, you know, three things in my journal that I am proud of. And, you know, somebody else may look at it and they may find it, you know, to be very simple. But, you know, for me, it may be that, you know, I took time to myself and I, you know, picked up this book I wanted to read, you know, and I read it. Or I, you know, went for a walk or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I think, you know, it's a little bit, it's sort of analogous to a gratitude journal, yeah. um, which I think, you know, you know, hopefully people during this time are, you know, taking the time to acknowledge their blessings, Um, you know, as much as possible. I think, you know, crisis gives us an opportunity to do that. Um, But it's a little bit different than, you know, being prideful. You know, I think we as women, um, we're raised that, you we know, don't there's, a de- we don't. there's a degree of arrogance if you say that you're proud of something.
0: And if someone brings it up, you're like, oh, it's not right. You just kind of
1: absolutely brush it you push it aside, yep. even compliments. And I think the most difficult thing for women to say is just thank you mm-hmm. and just leave it at that. It's always thank you, but, you know, oh, yep. this is an old sweater or You know, Mm -hmm. it didn't work out. You know, my hair didn't work out right today. You know, thank you for your compliment. Whatever it is, we tend to brush it aside because Mm -hmm. we're so uncomfortable. And I think we have to own that space. We have to do a better job as women of owning that space and not feel bad about being proud of something.
0: I agree. And I just, you know, something I say a lot to people that we coach is is double down on you, Mm
1: -hmm. right? If, If you're
0: gonna, like, who are you gonna bet on? If times are tough, you know you. Yeah. Double down yeah. at the table, right? If you're going to make a bet, do it on yourself. I love that. And I think it's hard for a lot of us to do that. But when you really think about it, I know myself better. I know I'm going to figure it out. I always have Yeah. up to this point, right? You've figured out everything else that you've dealt with in your life up to this point. What tells you you can't figure out this next step, Yeah. even if you don't know? Yeah. And then the other piece that it brings to mind when, when you, you talk about this is that Everything that you want and that you've ever wanted has been on the other side of unknown. Right? You didn't know it, you had to figure it out and that but you wanted it. Cuz if we if we already knew it, we probably wouldn't want it. Yeah? In the same way. And so, I think so many of us think we have to have it all figured out before we can step into that unknown or to, well that's the point of the unknown is we just have to take it a step at a time. Yep. Yeah. And that's the same with the comfort zone, is we don't have to, like, there are people who make dramatic leaps into a comfort zone, you know, into getting uncomfortable. You don't have to do that. It can be the small stuff every day, just like you're saying. I
1: love that. One of my favorite references is, um, you know, Matt Damon was in that movie Mars, Mm -hmm. and there's a quote at the very end when he gets asked how he came back, because, you know, the whole point of the movie is he's, him being stranded on Mars, and Mm -hmm. how does he come back to Earth, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, I'm not going to get the quote perfect. Um, those of you can Google it, but it's really impactful and it's something, you know, the, the concept of it is something that I've never forgotten. But really his message is, is one step at a time. If I, if I had to focus on the entire journey- I would never it do would it. It would be overwhelming. Correct. And was, you'd
0: stand in paralysis
1: absolutely. instead of doing something. It was, t- you take one step, at you know, one step, and then you take another step, and then you take another step. And before you know it, you're progressing forward. Correct. Um, and I do. I think some of us, and, you know, I am guilty of this as well. I, I tend to look so far ahead mm-hmm. that you get paralyzed mm-hmm. with the thought of getting from here to there because there seems so far yep. in the future. Mm -hmm. And really, if you just keep taking a step forward at your own pace, as long as you're moving forward, you know, all of a sudden the gap starts closing. And what you once thought was there, now
0: all of a sudden you have another there. And as human beings, that's where our motivation to keep going comes from. Absolutely. Right? I mean, is those small incremental successes, like I made it another step, I learned something new, right? I'm a little bit closer to whatever that is. Yeah. And we have to give ourselves that. We have to be open,
1: you know. We have to be open to that. Um, and, you know, that in and of itself is scary.
0: Totally. But know? that doesn't mean we don't do it. No. I think that's not. right. That's the part of getting uncomfortable is yeah. not staying. And if and if you're feeling that way right now, I think there's a lot of people that are like, I'm a little comfortable. Right. Things feel and maybe not with COVID, but, you know, things just feel like I'm on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Ugh, That is not a good place to be for an extended period of time. You can visit there. But you should not be hanging out there, right? In that. autopilot, like just visit and cu- and and keep moving. Yeah. And so, if I know there will be people that are inspired by what you're doing, what is the best way for them to connect with you? If they want to just talk to you or learn more or yeah. just follow what you're doing? And I would love that.
1: Um, I am on LinkedIn. Okay. So any, um, I think it's under Diana Garvis uh, Purcell. And so I am on LinkedIn and it's got my contact information in there. If somebody we'll wants put to a send link. me yep, yeah, in a the personal podcast email, notes. Okay. um, I love meeting new people. Um, I'm very passionate about, um, elevating women leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm not passionate about elevating men leaders, yep. but you yep. know, I do believe that women sometimes need a hand up yep. and, um, I've had wonderful people in my career do that for me and, you know, particularly women in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's rewarding, but it's also a difficult career choice. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, as we talked about, you had to make allowances. So I um, would love to connect with, with any of you.
0: Perfect. And I know also, for those of you who are listening, Diana, you, your next uncomfort zone or kind of growth for you is a board position where you'd really love to give back, right? And be able to, from that CFO finance role, audit role. Yes.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I'll give a little bit of a plug. I am on the board and finance committee for the Animal Humane Society, and I always say that feeds my heart. Mm -hmm. That's near and dear. But that's a, you know, that's a nonprofit. I find it incredibly rewarding and I love that organization. But uh, I would love the opportunity, um, and frankly for years I've been passionate about uh, corporate governance and Mm -hmm. um, I'm very interested in serving on a corporate board Mm -hmm. and um, I'm having conversations to do so. So looking for an opportunity to put a portfolio board service together where I Mm -hmm. can work with management teams, board of directors, looking at growth, organic or acquisition or need some sort of transformational skill set to help them get from here to there, particularly in this environment.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are looking at that right now, right? And and who are the advisors that they need around them? Because I think we've got to be able sometimes you're too close to it. And you need that outside perspective. So that's g- another great way for people to connect with you if they have those types of opportunities or business leaders to introduce you to.
1: Definitely.
0: Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. That's so fun. It's
0: such a great reminder for all of us and you know, great reminder for me in how uncomfortable am I getting. It feels like I am sometimes, but definitely not at the level that Diana is. Um, so thank you to the listeners for continuing to listen. We've been getting just amazing feedback, especially over the last few months on how these podcasts have fueled your soul right when other things maybe haven't around you and and that's what we hope we hope you're hearing these journeys we hope we're normalizing some of the the growth and the pain and the failures and the successes and that comes along with life Um, and that's what we're really here for so thanks you thank you to for continuing to to really engage and make sure you subscribe so you get the latest and greatest of all the podcasts thanks everyone Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.